This is your man L Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is a place we can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Uh, tonight, I got a lot to go over, a uh, lot to catch up with. So let's get right into it. Of course, uh, first things first, I want to give a congratulations to LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. I know for the team, the organization, this is their 17th NBA title for LeBron. Uh, this is his fourth out of many, many appearances. Um, I could say a whole lot of cynical things right now. Again, we all know about me not being a Lakers fan, but you know what? I'm not going to go there. Um, I think this year, for for some reason, I feel like the Lakers have earned it. You know, I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to LeBron. Um, we already, I've told you guys that is my favorite player, although he's playing on a team that I've never liked before, but I'm going to give him his props. Maybe because that is my favorite player, um, whatever. Doesn't really matter. But congratulations to him on winning game six of the NBA Finals. Of course, uh, final score there was 106-93 to over Miami. Um, now, let's break it down in terms of the stats real quick. Uh, for LeBron, he will be the leading scorer between both teams with 28 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. Again, another playoff triple-double. Uh, just think of Russell Westbrook, but a lot more efficient, and he's going to get the job done. Uh, of course, we have AD getting in the mix, uh, sacrificing a potential uh, playoff, or oh, sorry, finals MVP with this performance here. But again, uh, important and helpful nonetheless. 19 points, 15 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, of course, you get uh, some, some role help as well. Uh, KCP would have 17 points, and by the way, KCP is shortened for Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I'm not saying that fool's name every time I talk about him, but he had a good game as well. Um, Rondo, of course, um, doing it again, winning. I think this would be his second chip. Uh, 19 points from him, four assists, four rebounds. Okay, playoff Rondo in full effect. Um, you got to love it. You got to love it. As for the Heat, of course, uh, valiant effort. Uh, Bam Adebayo came back. Um, looks to, well, looked to have been fully recovered from that injury he suffered. I believe it was game one. Um, 25 points from him, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists. Jimmy Butler, I think he definitely was gassed uh, from Game 5 and just really still feeling it in his body. Only 12 points from him, uh, 7 uh, seven rebounds and 8 uh, seven rebounds and eight assists. I'm not going to get on it too harshly. I think he had a valiant effort, um, definitely a good leader, uh, definitely somebody his team relied upon. Uh, he also get 12 points from Jamison Crowder as well. Uh, but unfortunately, Miami, uh, they lose in 6. Now, now, some final takeaways on the season. I think I'm going to probably have a, a segment in which I do uh, go in a little bit deeper. Matter of fact, I know I will uh, just for the sake of it. But just kind of right now, just as a snapshot, just kind of what I'm feeling right now. Um, 
I don't feel conflicted. This is one of the first finals, at least that I've seen the the Lakers win that I feel feel like uh, they weren't cheated or they didn't or the refs didn't cheat for them. Uh, I feel like they went out and they pretty much earned it. They kind of earned it in the off season. Um, Rob Palinka won GM of the year. Um, one of those consummate faces that I kind of saw right. Um, I know it's like a face of the franchise, a low key. Um, I know the Laker people know about him, but he, you know, he's one of those people that you don't really see. Um, definitely when there's stories about the Lakers in the past, it was always Magic Johnson. And I'm talking about as a GM, not even as a player, but it'd be those Magic Johnson and those Genie Buzz stories, some of those like back and forths. Um, Rob Palinka was kind of in the background. People had those things to say about him, uh, but he kind of just, he just kind of just stayed packed and um, he did what was right for the team. He brought in Anthony Davis. He brought in the, the, the role players that you see in there now and uh, you have a winner uh, so again like I don't feel any um, cynicism right now um, a lot of cases in which I would have seen the, the Lakers win um, I would have said oh the refs did this or the refs did that maybe that's me come, becoming older I'm down there 30 years old so maybe I'm over all that type of shit um, as far as the Lakers uh, do they repeat do they repeat I'm gonna keep it real with you. I think um, it'll be they'll be lucky. Even this, and, and again, this was a great run for them. I'm not gonna take too much away from that. Again, all cynicism aside, I think they would be lucky to get a second title. To be honest with you, um, there's just so many factors. There's so many teams that are gonna be up and at them, ready to go uh, next year in the West. Uh, we have, of course. The the Nuggets that are going to be revamped, uh, they're gonna well they're going to be older, not necessarily revamped, but just older, more experienced. Uh, they can take it to the Warriors next year. Um, we know that the Clippers, I mean, they're a playoff team. Um, we don't know how much more they can improve. I mean, and they do have two. You know, if they were to if they turn it on at some point within the next couple of years, we have two potential Hall of Famers in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Although I do feel like Kawhi Leonard is kind of inching his way to a Hall of Fame, you know, just with what he's done individually. Um, uh, of course, you have, you know, your your pandemic playoff P memes and jokes about him. But again, I mean, he's 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 talented. Um, to say the least, I mean, he just hasn't shown it the past few years. But you do have that squad there. Who knows what they're going to be bringing in at the coaching position. Um, you have a couple younger teams that are kind of hot, that are kind of on the edge of, of kind of, you know, burgundy even in that. Um, they're on the cusp, I, I would say, at least being the playoff team. Like, you have the Kings out there. Um, ain't no telling what John Morant is going to be coming back with next year. We all know that they're both those teams are going to improve. We're not saying that those teams are going to be world beaters or nothing like that, but they're going to be shades better. Um, we have have Golden State, um, who's you know getting their top players back and healthy, uh, who can make a trade or two. Who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, has some cap space to do something. And then on top of that, they brought in Andrew Wiggins, who's a decent enough shooter. I feel like a, a, a decent enough shooter to not hurt a team like that. Um, maybe even be beneficial given the right coaching. Uh, so again, you have them. Of course, you have my squad, the Blazers. And I'll, I'll admit, uh, between me and you, as much as I love that team, that team may take a step back. Uh, but again, there's a lot of people that were injured on this squad. Uh, a couple more playmakers and scores on that on even on that team that was that was a little bit banged up so they might be a little bit they they're a grab bag if anything so um and then you have houston now houston's a little bit of a different story uh houston well they still have you know 
some top scores, some upper echelon scores with Russell Wilson. Uh, sorry, Russell. I don't know why I keep those, getting those names messed up. I think I guess because of Russell, the last name is W. But Russell Westbrook, you also got James Harden there. Um, of course, they're going to be doing their things, you know, at least offensively for a while. So I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk out west, certainly for the Lakers. And again, LeBron is going to be one year older. You know, I keep in my mind, I you know, you never know, you know, when he just say, look, I'm satisfied, I, I'm I'm done. We'll see how this offseason goes. I didn't I didn't see a sense of that from him. Um, the interviews and what I seen from him on camera, it doesn't seem like he's tired, like he's willing to, you know, think about it. But you never know. I mean, he's you don't necessarily have, you shouldn't in a, in a way like he's already established. He's you know wealthy. He's generationally wealthy. He could take care of his family for generations as long as nothing barring nothing bad happens so maybe i mean in the game so you don't have to necessarily play till you're tired and you can't walk anymore so who knows what happens in, on, on his end but it's definitely not going to be a cakewalk if they are able to do it again i would definitely I, and it's hard because again you know again this conversation about the goat keeps popping up and for those of you who, who you know has been a while since you've heard my first episodes about this and what i feel about you know the the GOAT about basketball and the GOAT of that or GOATs in general in any sport. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, my concept is simply this. I don't believe in a GOAT per se. I believe in the greatest, uh, plural, multiple. Uh, if anything, you can call this, uh, if anything, a Mount Olympus of basketball, meaning you have all, once you reach Hall of Fame status, once you get multiple titles and MVPs and people start to really consider you the greatest you're that you don't have to worry about it I, to compare now don't get me wrong subjectively you can look at different hall of famers and different legends and say oh well this one did this better fine you know you can look at you can look at you know lebron and, and bill bill russell subjectively and say yes lebron's a better scorer well yeah okay i'll give you that but again bill's probably a better defender all that as well there's some things that bill could probably do better but that's not important What's important is that they made it to that upper echelon. They're some of the greatest players to play the game, period, point blank. That's the most important thing to me that matters. He's crossed that uh, that platform. Is he better than Jordan? I don't think it matters. Um, for what it's worth, though, he is the greatest of this, of this era, meaning right after Jordan until he retires. Um, matter of fact, he matter of fact he is the he is the era. He this is LeBron's era. So again. He is the best of this era. Again, it's named after him. I think, again, you, Kobe, we're going to say what we want to say about Kobe, and I'm not going to take anything to say away from Kobe. Um, the four Pete, I'm sorry, the two Pete was amazing. The three Pete was amazing. Uh, he had five total titles uh, all together. I'm not going to take away anything from him, uh, but it's something in, in which the way that LeBron has done it, I think it's something, you know, it is somewhat of a, of a finality as somewhat of a of an acceptance of like that's what he's done he's played the best uh this year was a little bit difficult uh, a little bit you know but you know what no if the best team coming out of the eastern conference what can you really say yes they were banged up i mean if it was the Warriors, if it was the other way around i'm pretty sure people would say the same thing if the Warriors were banged up and the heat won they'd say the same oh well the heat were banged up we always say that you know the when the warriors um beat the beat the cavaliers the first time in 2015 that's what you know you know cleveland fans said even warrior detractors such as myself would catch myself saying oh well they were all just injured 
very next year, you know, uh, some injuries happen to Golden State or game five happens when players not, you know, around. And then people say, well, this is the reason why this, I mean, uh, whatever, you know, come, come down to it, you know, uh, from, you know, from whistle to whistle that game, you know, who's there is who's there. Uh, so again, you know, Lakers did what they had to do against the best of the Eastern Conference. So you can't take nothing from them. I think it's a good win. I think they are. I, I think you would definitely, you could definitely make a case of their favorites in the West. But I, I just, I, all the way going, all the way projecting, and all the way saying, you know, I think they could get the number one seed. It's hard to say that they're going to win the conference championship and the championship, NBA championship. We'll have to wait and see. I, I'm, I gotta, I gotta see everybody play first. I gotta see Golden State healthy. I gotta see some more things going on. All right, y'all. So uh, let's move on. Uh, we're gonna basically wrap up everything that occurred over the weekend. We're gonna talk some NFL uh, news. We're gonna talk some the scores over Week Five. Of course, some Monday Night Football. Uh, so again, let's just go right into it. Uh, we're also gonna talk about some college basketball in the end. I got something special for you guys. I know I've been mentioning it. I need to be talking about these debates a little bit. Of course, we have an election coming up. I wanted to share some more of my thoughts on that. Of course, we're getting close to that. But before we get too far deep uh, into rambling, sorry, guys. Let's get right back to it. It's a Monday night football course. Uh, week five of the NFL is complete. Um, again, so let's, let's just go over some of the scores starting off with tonight. Uh, Chargers and the Saints. Uh, the Saints get it done in this one, 30-27 in overtime. Uh, the Saints move on to 3-2 and two on the year. The Chargers move down to 1-4. For the Chargers, again, uh, Justin Herbert is really, I believe, uh, turning some heads with these performances. Really good from him. 20-34, uh, 264 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Again, turning heads as a rookie. you got to love it. Uh, there is some future there. Uh, I mean, um, I think it's, I, I know I'm paraphrasing, but uh, Drew Brees is basically saying, you know, this guy has a bright future. He has a shot, but we'll see how it goes. Mike Williams uh, was a leading receiver for the Chargers uh, tonight, 109 yards on five receptions and also two touchdowns. Tight end, Hunter, uh, sorry, tight end Hunter Henry and also Keenan Allen would have uh, receiving touchdowns. And safety Nasir Little, sorry, Nasir Adderley would help out on the defensive end with an INT. For the Saints, of course, Drew Brees would lead the way for them, 33 of 47 in terms of passing, 325 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but also an interception as well. Taysom Hill would have a rushing touchdown. The leading receivers, for, the leading receiver for New Orleans would be Emmanuel Sanders, who had 12 catches for 102 yards. Jared Cook, the tight end, would have 52, uh, 52 receiving yards and two and a touchdown. Excuse me. And Cameron Jordan would help out on the defensive end with 10 total tackles and two. Two tackles for loss, and Sheldon Rankins would help out as well on the defensive side. Uh, five total tackles and a sack from him. So let's move on to some, uh, some of Sunday's action. Uh, my personal favorite game of the week, the Raiders getting an upset win over the much-hated Chiefs, 40-32. to Although um, they are my rival, they're probably one of our biggest rivals, of course, in our division. I talk more shit about the Niners than I do the Chiefs, and I got a love, lot of love for Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, hey. But, again, I love it. The Raiders getting it done. 
this is a this is a much needed victory, especially coming off two straight losses, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but the Raiders win this one, 40 to 32. Derek Carr will go 22 to 31 for 347 yards. He would throw three touchdowns. He would have an interception, but still a much uh, much better game from him. Much more confident, much more competent game from him. Josh Jacobs will lead the, lead the way on the ground with 77 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Henry Ruggs with the second would have two big plays, 118 yards, also a touchdown grab as well. Nelson Aguilar and also Darren Waller would have receiving touchdowns. And on the defensive end, uh, defense, defensive back Nevin Lawson would have six total tackles and a sack. And Jeff Heath, uh, the safety we got from Dallas over the offseason, would have an INT as well. For the Chiefs, of course, Patrick Mahomes, uh, he had a decent game, going 22 of 43. Uh, he would have 340 yards. He had two touchdowns, but he would throw that one interception. He would have a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would be the leading rusher with just 40 yards, however. Uh, Tyreek Hill would have a rushing touchdown. He would also go on to have three catches for 78 yards. Travis Kelsey was a leading receiver with eight catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. And Sammy Watkins would have a receiving touchdown as well. Willie Gay Jr. Uh, will be the one of the main cataclysts on the Chiefs defense, having six total tackles and a sack, and also safety Bashad Breeland would have an interception as well. A couple takeaways from this game: the Chiefs are just uh, five and seven when their time of possession is uh, under well, it's under 27 minutes, uh, and this is also the first time in in 11 games that KC's defense has allowed a passer rating of 100 or more. So again. Derek's looking efficient. Uh, the offensive line is giving them some time to throw in the pocket. We have some receivers looking to make some plays. We have some running capabilities. Offensively, I really like the Raiders. I think there's some more changes that need to be made. I wouldn't even say changes. I just think there's probably needs to be some more time and also some some a little bit more tweaking to do on the defensive side and the things. But I think we're making plays. I think we're giving up some points. We are giving up some yardage, but I think one thing that we can, one plus that I can give the defense is they're not giving up the game and they're making some plays to it, making some interceptions, they're forcing fumbles when they can. So um, I think the biggest thing is to generate some more pressure and get some more sacks on the quarterback. I, I think that's my only drawback on the Raiders defense right now. But this is the that was the first Raiders win in Kansas City in eight years. So again, I'm not saying Super Bowl. I'm not going to say nothing crazy like that, but I'm going to say um, we're going to have a much more positive season. I, I feel that. I feel comfortable in saying that. And uh, I, I, I don't. I would not be surprised if we finished above 500 by at least two, maybe even three games, and maybe with a wild card spot. Just to, just to say, fuck it. Just to, just to, just to see what it's about. Just to, just to get our, our feet wet again in the playoffs, and just to kind of touch it. But moving on, we got some NFC scores to go over. Uh, we have the Rams beating up on the Washington Football Team, 30 to 10. We got the Eagles taking another loss here to the Steelers, 29 to 38. Is some injured. Interconference play. Uh, some more interconference matchups. We had the Cardinals beating up on the Jets, 30 to 10. We got the Browns in some AFC action beating on the Colts, 32 to uh, 23. I think in the biggest upset of the day, though, uh, the 49ers get their asses whooped by the Dolphins on Sunday, 43 to 17. This one had me rolling because, of course, Niners fans are always talking shit. Mostly the Raiders fans, but then I think we talk shit to them back. So it's like one of those relationships. But still. I love it when they lose sometimes, so I can just rub it in. Sorry. It's the way it go. 43-17 is the final score here. 2-3 and three is the record of both teams. They are matching. Uh, the Dolphins, they were led by Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, going 22-38 for 358 yards. He would also have three touchdowns. God damn. Really? Y'all let Fitzpatrick do that to y'all? And I don't even think all y'all injuries was on the defense either. It was mostly like y'all receivers. So I don't know what this what this 43 points is all about. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Man, you know, hey. Miles Gaskin will lead the way for the Dolphins on the ground, 57 yards, also a touchdown. Obviously, the Preston Williams would have four catches, 106 yards, and a touchdown. And tight end Mike Jacecki would have five catches for 91 yards. Uh, Devontae Parker would do his thing. Uh, he would have 50 yards and a touchdown as well. And on defense, uh, your, boy, your boy linebacker Jerome Baker would have seven total tackles and safety uh, Bobby McLean or Bobby McCain, excuse me, Bobby McCain, and also Xavier Howard would have interceptions. Um, as far as the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, uh, he got the start. He came back Sunday, didn't really make a difference. He would go just 17 to 17 for 77 yards. He would throw two picks. C.J. Beathard was pulled into the game. Uh, he would throw a touchdown. He also would go. He would also complete 50% of his passes, only at nine of 18 clip though. Uh, like I said, 94 yards, but he would give up a fumble. Raheem Mostert was the leading rusher, uh, 90 yards on the ground. Kyle Uschick would have a rushing touchdown. If I pronounced that wrong, forgive me, bruh. Uschick, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's one of them names. I like to know where it came from. Just to be, just just on some curious shit. It's just one of them Uschick. I think it's some European thing. I don't know. Uh, George Kittle, uh, four catches for 44 yards. He was the leading receiver again. Struggles from the, for the Niners quarterbacks. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, you got George Kittle back. You got Kendrick Bourne back. Uh, and again, y'all injuries. Well, no, y'all had some defensive injuries. Let me take that back. Yeah, I think Solomon Thomas. Yeah, that was a big piece. Was both? I think Bolson might be. Yeah. Never mind, y'all. Y'all got it bad in terms of these injuries. I feel for y'all. Psych. Uh, Fred Warner would be the leading uh, defender with 11 total tackles. Actually, I do kind of feel for y'all because it does suck to have to lose. Like, I'd rather see y'all just lose just because y'all garbage than to just see y'all lose because y'all ain't got nobody. But uh, we got some news to go over. The bad, there's bad news for Dallas. I'm pretty sure my Cowboys fans, they was watching this game. I feel for y'all kind of too. The Cowboys will make it out alive Sunday with a W, 37-34 over their rivals, the Giants. Uh, but they will lose Dak for the rest of the season after he suffered a compound right ankle fracture and dislocation. Damn. Oh, that sounds nasty. Did you see what happened? <sighs> I hope he come back okay. That's all I'm going to say. Um, let's see. It happened in the third quarter, and he would also have surgery last night. Well, yesterday after the game sometime. Uh, the QB needed to be cluttered off the field. That's all you need to know. It's pretty significant. By week five, Dak had passed for the most yards uh, in the NFL with 1,690 yards. So he was looking at a big-time season. It was supposed to be his contract year. Uh, kind of dirty. If you think about it again, what is up with the NFL doing black quarterbacks dirty? Versus Tyrod, he punctured his lung. He put him in a situation where he wasn't going to be a starter anyways. Well, you... Figured he wouldn't be. Now you got this. I'm sorry, Dak. You had to put yourself out there like that. Damn. Andy Dalton, of course, will be the starter. Of course, we know about him. Decent regular season quarterback. If I'm not mistaken, hasn't won a playoff game. Maybe one or two. I don't know. Uh, so, 
it's another tough break for Dallas. I, I don't want to make a call on y'all season just yet. I don't watch y'all too much, so I don't want to make a call on y'all season like that, but it doesn't look good to me. All right, y'all, uh, some, some other news. Uh, there's some COVID, some COVID shuffling in terms of the schedule. Uh, you know, teams testing positive. They got to, you know, reschedule. Now, Monday's game, there was supposed to be two Monday night games. Uh, the second one was supposed to be between the Broncos and the Patriots. That has been that has been rescheduled once again to week six on a Sunday. This was done after another New England New England player tested positive. The, this postponement will affect seven other games, though, including the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that game moves from a Thursday night uh Thursday night uh, matchup to a Monday night game. <clears throat> the Chargers and the Jets, that'll be moved from week six to week 11. And also the Chargers and, uh, yeah, the Broncos. That has been moved to week seven. Uh, moved from week seven to week, no, it was, been, it was, sorry, it was moved from week 11 to week eight, November 1st. So, again, that's just some of the examples. I ain't going to do all them games right now, but you get what I mean. All right, y'all, let's move on. Uh, let's talk a little college football. We got a lot. Like I said, we got a few things to talk about tonight. Uh, but let's talk about some college football. Of course, uh, there's a new ranking that was put out yesterday, technically yesterday by the time you're listening to this probably. Uh, there's a new top 25 ranking, but we're going to talk about a little bit of how we got here. Uh, we're going to go over some of those matchups from over the weekend, at least the top 25 ones, and also we're going to go over some of the conference standings as well, the Power 5, the main ones that are playing anyways. Uh, but let's get into it. Of course, we have an ACC matchup between uh, number one Clemson and number seven Miami. Clemson blows out Miami 42-17. to 17. I've said this before. This is probably going to be Clemson's only only test of the year. Obviously, it wasn't a test. Look for Clemson to pretty much run its course and go undefeated. I'm sorry. As for Miami, this would probably be their most, most I would say, their prior only loss this year. Anybody of real, that's probably the only team of real substance on that schedule for either team would have been this matchup here. So, uh, for Miami, they'll probably finish Maybe with one more loss. That's a little bit of a stretch, though, for me, because they're, they're pretty solid. Um, but uh, Clemson moves on. They say undefeated. They are 4-0 overall. They are 3-0 in the conference. Miami is 3-1 overall, and they're now 2-1 in their conference. Um, for Miami, the Eric King will go 12-28. Zero touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 84 rushing yards, and a touchdown there. And Kosey Perry, uh, he, he got thrown in the game. He threw a pick. He was pulled. It didn't matter. Uh, Rod receiver Keyshawn Smith was a leading receiver with just 42 receiving yards. Nobody scored a touchdown. Nobody caught a touchdown pass. And also on defense, linebacker Gilbert Frierson will lead the way with six total tackles and three for loss. But Clemson, uh, Trevor Lawrence will lead the way 29 of 20, 29 of 41. Three touchdowns and a rushing touch. Three three touchdowns through the air, one touchdown on the ground. Travis Etienne will be the leading rusher with 149 yards and two touchdowns. Brayton Galloway will be the leading receiver with four catches, 74 yards, and two touchdowns. Tight end and tight end Davis Allen would have a receiving touchdown as well. Uh, on defense, the Clemson Tigers were led by linebacker Balin Spector. He would have five total tackles, also one and a half sacks. And linebacker Kane Patterson would have an interception as well. Up next, we have um, 
SEC matchup. Uh, number two Alabama went up against Ole Miss, blew them off. Well, not necessarily blew them out. Uh, pretty highly, uh, highly contested offensive game. 63 to 48, though. Uh, Alabama remains undefeated at 3 and 0. Ole Miss moves down to 1 and 2. Uh, looks like. All the old coordinators that used to work under Saban, when they go back to play him again, it doesn't work. This time, Lane Kiffin, one of his former offensive coordinators, tries to get a tries to get a, a victory off the old coach, but uh, try to get a win, but it doesn't work. It didn't work. I think Kirby, yeah, Kirby Smart, his old defensive coordinator, he now coaches at Georgia. He can't beat him either. He's like zero and three, something like that. Yeah, that's just a thing. For Alabama, uh, the Clemson Tide was led by Mac Jones. He went 28 of 32 for 417 yards and two touchdowns. It looks like they'll be all right without two. Nigel Harris without 206 yards on the ground and five touchdowns. God damn. Bama would have seven total rushing touchdowns. Again, they running all over everybody. Devontae Smith will be a leading receiver with 13 catches and 164 yards. He'd have a uh, touchdown as well. He would average 12.6 yards per catch. Uh, Jalen Waddle, again, stupendous number. Six catches for 120 yards. He's at, He averaged 120 yards per catch. Where did they do that at? Linebacker Dylan Moses would have 13 total tackles, and linebacker Christopher Allen would have seven total tackles, two tackles for loss, and a sack. For Ole Miss on offense, they were led by Matt Crow. He would go 21 to 28 for 365 yards and two touchdowns. Snoop uh, Snoop Connor would have uh, would, would lead the way for the Rebels on the ground for 128 yards, two touchdowns. Jerrion Ely would have 120 rushing, sorry, 120 rushing yards as well, and two touchdowns. <clears throat> Tight end Kenny Yaboa would have seven receptions and 181 yards. He would also have two touchdowns. He himself would average 26 yards per catch. God damn, motherfuckers is catching passes all day. Damn, nobody had no defense. Wide receiver Elijah Moore would have 11 catches and 143 yards. And uh, linebacker Sam Williams will lead the way for the Rebels on defense with five total tackles and a sack. Moving on, we have another SEC matchup. Number three, Georgia gets it done against number 14, Tennessee, 44-21. to Texas A&M gets a shocker as well, 41-38. Uh, to uh, Number 21, Texas A&M takes out number four, Florida. 41-38 was a final score there. Notre Dame, I believe they were number three. They take out Florida State, forty-two to twenty-six. Number eight, uh, number eight, North Carolina uh, gets a W over Virginia Tech. Number nineteen, Virginia Tech, fifty-six to forty-five is the final score there. And um, we also got, oh, finally, we got uh, UT San Antonio. They took a loss to number fifteen BYU, twenty to twenty-seven is the final score there. Uh, BYU remains perfect at four and zero. And uh, UT, UT San Antonio goes down to 3-2. and two. For UT San Antonio, they were led by Laurel Narcisse. He would go 17-20 for 229 yards and two touchdowns. Frank Harris would get into the action as well. The under center, he would just go 7-13, however, for 58 yards and an interception. Sincere McCormick will lead the way on the ground with just 42 rushing yards. Rock receiver Zakari Franklin will be the leading receiver with seven receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Wide receiver Brennan Dingle would have four catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. And safety Kalechi Inuachuku would have seven total tackles. On uh, For BYU, offensively, they were led by quarterback Zach Wilson, 22 of 30, 
292 yards, two touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown as well. Also, Tyler Allegier would have 116 rushing yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Dax Milner would have six, uh, seven total catches and 102 yards. And wide receiver Neil Pau, Pau would have received a touchdown. Some of these names, I'm sorry, y'all. Forgive me. Forgive me. Linebacker Isaiah Kafusi would have nine total tackles. And defensive back Trey Warner would have an interception as well. All right, y'all. I'm almost through. I got one more little bit that I wanted to go over. One more segment that I wanted to get into. So I'm going to take a quick break here, and I will be right back, y'all. Grind music, bitch. the debates yeah both of them and um let me be honest with you I'm not fucking with either ticket dude I'm just not um and see this is the thing as soon as you say look I'm not I'm not messing with Trump well the question is that the, the assumption is oh you're gonna mess with Biden oh okay cool nah it's not that simple Biden got some racist tendencies. I don't like that shit. And he has some rapey tendencies. I'm not a rapist, so I can't really act like I'm cool with that. Or, you know, a sexual harasser, whatever you want to call it. That ain't me. So I'm very conflicted about this election. Now, mind you, I've only voted in two since I've been, you know, able to vote. Yeah, that'd be Obama's second term. And yeah, yeah, uh, 2016. So, um, you know, I, Obama was almost a slam dunk for me. I felt um, not even necessarily him being black, just. I paid attention. I was paying attention to what was going on. At least I felt I was at the time. Uh, my knowledge of stuff has changed. And my opinions on things might have changed. But, I, you know, at least at the time, that vote was a slam dunk for me. You know, I figured his his mindset or his uh, platform, you know, worked well with me. Didn't, didn't like Trump from the get-go understood and learned more about Hillary I was like eh, well I can see why she's not president over time Biden it took I mean and again like I I, I think in the beginning like I was kind of on the fence about it like okay well you know I don't know who his running mate is gonna be I guess I'll ride with him regardless you know he you know he has the Obama factor you know of course he's 
running on my ticket that I normally vote for, Democratic, right? But then that shit came out with him touching on these girls and all these accusations come out. You see him in that video touching on that girl and shit. Shit weirds you out. I don't touch on girls like that. I don't touch on women like that. So it doesn't... I, I, I don't... I don't, I'm not cool with somebody who does, and I wouldn't vote for them to be my president. It's like when Trump was talking about grabbing by the pussy. I can't do that to these females. You and I, you regular guys listening to me, they know they can't do that shit. That sounds all good to talk that shit, to talk reckless, but you and I know we can't hand, we can't do, get away with no shit like that. So, you know, again, Trump is like, yeah, I, I knew from the get-go, nah, man. I can't fuck with him. I learned about his, um, you know, policies. I I learned about what he was, you know, his discrimination lawsuits. We know about this. I know people like to, you know, change the, the tune now and, you know, because it's election time and everybody wants to kiss our ass for this vote, but we know the deal. Bottom line is, you know, Biden, and then another thing that that recently got to me about Biden is his attitude towards busing and integration of schools in the seventies. Like, this motherfucker was against that shit. Which leads me to tell me, which leads me to ask the same questions over and over again: What is Democrat? What is Republican? I don't get it. I don't get it. As far as Kamala goes, I'm still iffy on her. Um, I think there was some things she did that was cool in terms of reentry, um, in terms of inmates being, you know, readmitted into society. Uh, there was some things she tried to reform in terms of the death penalty, in terms of the three strikes law, um, that were positive, uh, at least from my understanding of what I could comprehend. But she had issues with locking people up. She apparently, you know, rigged some cases. She, of course, didn't make sure none of these crooked cops that were shooting people got locked up. And she locked, she, and she put away a lot of people on some fucked up marijuana shit. She had like some 1900 convictions over marijuana. But now she wants to turn around and say, oh, well, I'm pro marijuana. Hmm. Well, which one is it? This is the same, same woman who pushed for LGBTQ rights, whatever. Fought for women's. She, you know, she's done some things for feminism, and then turns around and 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 rides on a ticket with a, with a sexual har- harasser. I don't, I don't get that shit. That's like, that doesn't make any sense. That's like. That's like a white guy. That's like a Republican conservative. Like, you know, he's, he's racist. Like he might not outright say it, but whatever. But his, but his fucking running mate is some black gay guy. Like, come on, dude. Like, how does that work? How do you, how do you at one point, um, lead the charge and shit like, you know, getting back and and, and see that she, and she did some shit like in California, like she did some okay shit. Like every now and again, if you look at her track record, she did shit like, you know, online predators. She did shit like, you know, exiting in and out the game by, you know, making revenge porn and all that type of shit of crime. But to turn around and fuck with a deviant 
like biting. How do you how do you how do you explain that? Do I think she's pro black? I don't. What does that even mean anymore? We have to ask ourselves, what does that mean as black folk now? What does pro black mean? Does pro black just say it's saying black lives matter and that's it, and just clamoring for white whites to care? Or is it really putting the foot down and taking care of our own situations and our own responsibilities first? And then kind of saying, look, we're taking care of our and leave us the fuck alone. You know, um, as opposed to saying, because I mean, it sounds good. I mean, you know, there's there's good things that black people can say about Trump. There's good things that black people say, can say about, you know, Biden and, and Harris. But my biggest question is, what are we as a community doing that's good for ourselves? Um, you know, I've, I looked up earlier today, I was looking up the opportunity zones that Trump just now, you know, started or, you know, started or all this, this, um, investing, he says he's doing into the black community, which I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard anything, um, become official. And I know if that's, if he is doing that, he's definitely being preferential. And I know he's going to places where he figures he can get along with people. He for sure isn't giving it to Oakland where he knows he doesn't, he's not liked or whatever. He's petty like that. So again, if you're really helping us, are you helping us or are you just being petty? Are you looking for our votes? Again, I think if we focused on ourselves and, and, and worked on our own well-being, we wouldn't need Trump or Biden. Or be in this mess. I think, you know, for us now to, because I mean, I, again, you know, I, you know, I, I, I look at what's on TV, and of course, I look at the world's response. Of course, not everybody, you know, and everybody and their mama, you know, is starting, you know, that the closer that we get to election, everybody and their mama is, well, Biden ain't shit either. Biden ain't shit. You know, Kanye 2020, but it's like we had a primary. I mean, it's like it's the same shit happened in 2016. We had a primary where it was like five or six multiple different Democratic nominees, different nominees from each party. But we vote. We voted for Hillary in the primary. And then we get to November. We're like, oh, well, Hillary really wasn't shit. She's really just as racist as Trump. She's really the well, then why the fuck did y'all vote for? Her? And then you turn around. I don't get it. Y'all do the same exact shit again. Talking about feel the burn, Bernie this, Bernie that, and I knew it. I knew it right before the right before the primary. I started hearing these tricklings coming down from online, and everybody, everybody that's really uneducated about what's really going on, they'll jump and say, "Well, Bernie's a socialist." Then I started hearing all this. He's socialist. He's so, and then out of nowhere, Biden wins the primary, and then now here we are in November. Biden's a racist again. Biden's this again. Biden, you know, you had an opportunity to vote for somebody different. We had Elizabeth Warren. We had a couple different people. But we decided, oh, well, Biden, he ain't world with Obama. And then now y'all want to talk about how racist he is. How does that fucking work, voters? That's another question. I mean, it's like... It's like, I want to be mad at the system, which I'm mad at, but it's like, we kind of just sit back and we just kind of take it. And then when it happens and we we see it for what it is, we're stuck saying, oh, well, really, Biden wasn't shit. Biden said all this shit. He called us animals. He, he said this. 
Well, why, why did you vote for him in June? Why do we not say all this shit beforehand? And then, you know, and then we, you know, and bouncing, I know I'm bouncing from idea to idea. I'll take it, whatever, you know, find me. And the debate, we stuck on so many, so much silly shit. Oh, look at how, did you see how Kamala looked at him? Did you see the fly that was flying around? Last debate, there was a fly flying around Hillary. And you could have heard all the shit that they were saying about her. Well, if there's a fly flying around, it could mean that she's dying. Could mean that she's dead. They like dead flesh. Get the fuck out of here. Look at all up in these flies. And y'all, you know, y'all, y'all got so distracted. Pay attention to what they saying. Y'all be looking at, tripping out how Campbell, did you see that look that Campbell gave him? That was the, the prototypical black lady look. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm, if you say any type of stupid shit to anybody, any race, they're going to look at you like that. Stop, stop trying to, stop trying to highlight all that stupid shit. Bottom line is, how is she gonna account for all them people that she put in jail falsely? Why she ain't make sure them cops that shoot at us got locked up? That's what the type of questions she need to be answering. I don't give a fuck how she looked at Mike Pence. I don't give a fuck about that shit. That's not a victory. Oh, look at how she, she checked it. No, she, listen. She's, she'll check him by by answering the questions and having a clear platform that really puts us at least on an equal footing. I don't see that coming from them. I haven't, hey, listen, as far as I know, the Democrats really ain't got no plan for us black folk and the Republicans, they ain't got no plan either, but they're willing to throw some money. And I love, I, I know how niggas love money, so. <laughs> You tell me what niggas is gonna go for. Uh, I hate to say it that way. Certain, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know? And it's like, I guess people got, you know, disenchanted and didn't get what they wanted from the Democrats. Well, the Republicans will give it to us. These opportunity zones. <laughs> is that really what you want? Is that really how we want to spend our existence fighting for special interest spending, fighting for opportunity zones, begging for them? We can make our own opportunity zones. It's that freaking simple. This shit is now, a lot of this shit is done on the internet. You can make up your own e-commerce yourself. Link up with other e-commercers. I know that's not the right term here, but you know what I'm saying? Internet business folk. Y'all link and y'all do shit. There's shit, I mean, come on. Like, I'm done trying to, and again, I I bring it like this. Fuck the two-party system. Fuck the Democrats. Fuck the Republicans. That's how I feel. We're all living in debt. We're all poor. They're all trying to keep us away from education. They all seem to be willing to just give us these simple, low-level, low-paying jobs. They all seem, it seems too easy for them to deny us the proper education and deny us the proper skills to increase that shit. They don't want us to afford the housing. But they don't want you to afford, it's like, they don't want, they don't want you to afford, they make the housing super unaffordable. They make you work these, you know, low-paying jobs for years and years. You can't really afford anything. You can't, and then on top of that, you can't even afford to increase your salary by training yourself, educating yourself. Like so, they keep you in a rut. And I, I don't see where either party has a plan to make this shit different. So 
I'm to the point now where I'm simply going to either write in Bernie's name or research my own third party candidate and take it from there. I, I, I don't think either one of these people deserve my vote, either Biden or Trump. I'm not. I, I, if you ask me, they're both trying to cater to me in the worst way. And I don't. And I don't think as I think as black folk, we we should be done with tr- people trying to cater to us and make sure we take. We need to be taking care of ourselves. I'm sorry. That's how I feel. If we felt this, if we really truly felt this way about all these different candidates, where is the where is the other where are the five or six other black candidates that could have been on this this. We didn't like Cory Booker. He wasn't black enough. So we got Trump and we got Biden and we don't like that. So get over it. If you want a dark brother, then you, we, sh- we need to be demanding that. We need to be putting him on the ballot. We need to be vo- writing them in or something. Voting them in locally. I mean, I'm sorry. Most importantly, we need to be worried about these local elections. If black people have, if black people really want to take some shit over, they really want to take some shit back. Look at a city like Baltimore where it's like 60% plus black. That's your opportunity. Oakland is like thirty percent, forty percent black. Go ahead, make a make a make a change. You have enough of the population control to be able to do that. You have enough of the population to be able to to have those votes. If you want to have a person represent you, you can vote them in. You have the numbers. Like I mean, it's it's that simple. And and not fuck over your city. We have. I mean, because I mean, damn. Detroit is seventy percent, if not more, black. It's a disgrace why that city is looking that way it is. That's on us. That's us. A lot of these school systems in these cities, like Alton, Compton, Watts, all that, South, that's us. You can't blame that on them, on them motherfucking people in Washington and Sacramento. You can't do that all the time. You can't put that on your school system. You can't, you can't blame your schools and your school district. You can't put that on your government per se. That's some local folks we elected. So we, there's a lot of homework we have to do. It's not just simply, oh, Trump and Biden and, and all this and, and looks and flies. No, it's about policy. It's about really what's going on. Trump just told the your opposition, our opposition, to stay on standby. You know what this, what your opposition is saying about if they were to lose this election. You know what they're talking about in general. You know what you've seen them do. They're over here trying to kidnap governors. That's your opposition. And Trump just told them to stay on standby. What you you cool with that, y'all? I'm not cool with none of this shit. I didn't want I didn't even want Biden weak ass. That's that's me. I didn't want his old molesting ass. Just like Trump. I didn't want the old old molesting ass white men. What is up with y'all? Y'all love white men or something. Old white men on top of that. What is all love and fascination with that? I'm through. I don't need an old white daddy. I'm cool off that. I have father. I don't need another man over here. Especially an old white dude. He ain't never known my situation. Don't know or none. Neither one of them can relate. This one says I'm wearing blue and I said this and it sounds good. And I used to roll with Obama. That ain't good enough for me. Like the scene in, in fucking, what's it called? Pirates of the Caribbean. They snatched up Elizabeth. Bruh, him is fucking, what's his name? Uh, William is fucking Commodore Norrington and the governor over talking about how they gonna get her back. Bruh, it's like, that's not good enough. Sorry, it's too loud. But still, that's not good enough. <laughs> Democrat. Mm-hmm.
position to stand on standby and then talk about some economic zones you got for us. Fuck you. Fuck y'all. I'm not fucking with the clan and I'm not fucking with whoever whoever the clan fuck with. You know the saying a enemy of my enemy is my friend? You the friend of my enemy. What does that make you? My enemy. Fuck that clown. And fuck Biden too. That's how I feel. Yeah. You wanna know more? DM me or some shit. I don't know. Leave a comment somewhere. You know what you can do. Alright, y'all. I done went in. I hope y'all vibe with it a little bit. I'm gonna call it a wrap for tonight, but I wanted to uh, kind of discuss what I want to get into for the rest of the week. Of course, I am still working on that uh, review for The Wire. I should be done at some point this week within the next couple of days. I'm also working on a review for, um, sorry, Batman Forever. And then also I'm working on a new segment, brand new. I'm still working it out of my head, uh, but I'm the, the, the testing... Um, well, the, I guess the, what I want to call the segment, the tester name is going to be called Sports Stories. And it's pretty much already what you think, stories about sports. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of go back in time, talk about a specific team, a specific athlete or a specific event. Uh, talk about it, analyze it. Uh, why, what, you know, what was the story behind it? What led to it? Uh, you know, what exactly happened, of course, and kind of detail what was its impact on the rest of sports and stuff like that. And, you know, if it was a team, uh, like a specific team, did they ever win again? Were they ever, whatever, or whatever about that specific team, did they repeat at that? Or, you know, what was its biggest impact on sports? Uh, one of the, one of the first stories I wanted to get into uh, was about the 2002. Well, I'll, actually, you know what? Just for the sake of it, uh, just for practice and just to kind of, you know, do it. I'll just do this year's Lakers. It's easy. Everything's kind of all the facts are there. So I have a sports story about that. But uh, look out for some other ones soon. But that'll be my first kind of new one. I have that ready uh, within the, mm, I don't know exactly when right now. Uh, give that some time. Uh, but look out definitely within the next couple of days. That review for the wire will go from there. All right, y'all. If y'all looking to get in touch with me, of course, you can follow me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. Look that up. L. Jamal. E-L-J-A-M-A-H. Got some pretty cool content there. Uh, some videos I shared for you guys. So check those out. Uh, you can also follow me on uh, sorry, Instagram at L. Jamal 791. E-L-J-A-M-A-H 791. Also on Facebook at the same name as well. L. Jamal. You already know who I am. I will be leaving some whatever links I can available to you guys. Please do all you can to check a brother out. It's much appreciated. All right, y'all, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I'll holler at you later. Um, if you're going to vote, do it. Um, just make sure you do it uh, with as much knowledge as you can. And don't be afraid to, honestly, don't be afraid to write somebody in or vote for somebody completely different either. All right, y'all. I'll holler at y'all later. Peace out.